0: On today's episode of Locked On Suns, are the Phoenix Suns contenders to win the NBA championship right now? Where do they stack up within the upper tier of NBA contenders? And with the trade deadline looming, how do they get a little bit closer or a lot of bit closer? We'll break it down. Let's go. You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past seven seasons, a writer at suns.com, and the host of the Just Basketball Show wherever you get your podcasts. A big thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen as the trade deadline Nears, Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the show. If you have not already, hit follow or subscribe wherever you are finding us. Get a new show in your feed every single Monday through Friday. Bonus shows along the way. Become an everydayer and get locked onto the Phoenix Suns all season long. Joining us as he does every week is Brandon Duenas. He is a writer over at Bright Side of the Sun. And we are going to basically debate, discuss, break down where the Suns reside Right now, within the hierarchy of the NBA, how close really are they to a title? And obviously, this week and potentially the buyout market is their only chance to get there if they are not there already. So we're going to break down what options we like, what we don't like, and more. Today's show brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets. If your best bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Okay, Brandon, let me just start it with a very simple question that I'm not sure where you stand because I did a show last month, early last month, basically, where I broke down why I don't fully think the Suns are a championship contender and some of the things that they needed to accomplish to get there. More with the big three coming together. We've seen them take huge steps forward. Do you see the Suns as one of the top contenders in the nba to walk away with the championship this season
1: my short answer is is yes i think they still have the firepower they saw the talent and obviously they they have their issues just like any other team but I, i think that with even with the way this team's constructed now a lot has to go right but i think they're absolutely a contender and uh they've shown us flashes of why they are but uh throughout the show i'm sure we'll We'll go back and forth debating, uh, you know, their, their strengths and weaknesses and what that kind of tallies up like out to as far as like where they stack up with everyone else. But but yeah, at, at this moment in time, I'd say, yes, they are contenders. Uh, they got some work to do, though. So
0: let's just give an overview. Right. So they are six in the West. They're two games back from the five seed. Is it safe to say they're probably only going to get as high as five? Does that feel like a reasonable benchmark here?
1: I think home court should be the goal, whether it's four, you know, three or four. That should be the goal now as far. Like, are they going to hit that? Are they going to try that hard and go all that uh, hard for those spots in the regular season? I I don't know, but I think, yeah. I mean, to me, it's less about what they try
0: to do, right? And I I don't know. The reason I said that is because I just think the top four teams – have enough of a lead on them and are playing good enough basketball that I just don't see an mm-hmm. easy team to be like, they'll fall down. So, yeah,
1: it's, and it's always tough. It's unfortunate because like, uh, like I don't want to pr- like throw injuries on anyone, but there's always like, it's a long season and teams can get cold really quick and, and vice versa. This, I think this is a sun scene that can get hot pretty quick. So uh, I agree though. It, it does seem like the, those four teams are kind of set in stone at, like at this moment in time, but Mm -hmm. this league changes so quick. Like just, just a month ago, when you're talking about this team, just outlook, uh, how things are now versus then a lot has changed. So I think, uh, a lot can change in a month. I'm not going to rule it out, but yeah, I think if if they can get that up to that four to five range, that's, that's kind of the goal.
0: Yeah. And look, you're right. 32 games to go. That's a lot. Every team has months that are good months that are bad. Injuries can change things. Obviously, you know, the Clippers probably in particular are going to be circled by a lot of people. But again, I, I just I think five is probably like if if I'm in that locker room and I'm trying to be realistic, that's that's my goal. And then, you know, see what happens from there. But they I'm are gonna put
1: you on the spot here real quick. I got yeah. a question for you. Let's do it. If you had to pick one of those four teams to collapse out mm-hmm. of that top four, who, who are you going to roll with? Uh,
0: Minnesota. Minnesota. Their offense is, is just not very good, so to me, that's the easy one. Even if they stay healthy, I don't know if they're going to be able to get anything done at the deadline. They've already fallen a little bit from like a clear number one to now it's a top three that are all tied in the loss column. So to me, it would be Minnesota just for that reason. It is, on a nightly basis, it's an uphill battle for them to just
1: win games, honestly, a lot of nights. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I was just curious what your your take was on that.
0: Yeah, and, and I but I look I kinda think they all just stay there, to be honest. That's that's where I was really going. And the Suns are five games back from four right now, let alone six mm-hmm. from three. So it's it it would be a pretty impressive comeback up the standings. They are ninth in net ratings, sixth in offense, fifteenth in defense, and the defense one, it's like really, you know, a matter of what day you happen to look at it, because they could have a good performance and with how much the middle is, is just clustered right there. The ranking could be 15th one day, 12th another day, 18th another day, even if the rating of how much points they're allowing doesn't actually fluctuate that much. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But a couple of things that they're doing well on the defensive end, they don't foul. And they've, con- they've really held steady at not allowing teams to make shots. Like, I know that sounds... Uh, basic but just in terms of field goal percentage allowed and things like that it's been a fairly solid season and they've risen lately in terms of how well teams are shooting um, at the rim against them which is a good sign so that's all to say the biggest reason that I would put in front of them as an answer of why I don't quite think that they're a title contender right now is I just don't think that their defense is good enough there was a you know I think anybody who watches this team night in and night out, the Atlanta game, the Pacers game before that with no Halliburton, obviously these are all on the road, but look, put Dallas at home on Christmas. Um, I know that was a different version of health of this team, but there are just too many examples to point to of nights with unacceptable defensive performances. 32 games is still a lot, but that that's a big ask of the talent to just look better when we've seen now. 50 games of this and and it has been too inconsistent. Uh there was a stack going or a list going around from Matt Moore on Twitter this week, Brandon, that was or today on on Monday. That was uh the top 5 man units in the NBA sorted by net rating that have all played like a certain amount together, and the Suns had two in there, but the one with that actually had the big 3 instead of Gordon, the defensive rating was the worst of any of those top lineups so you compare them to like the Clippers had a couple in there or uh, I think the Pacers even had one and no matter what team you were looking at the Suns had the worst defense with their best five guys on the court of all of them and that to me kind of speaks for itself so that's where I'm looking at the deadline is can they get even a, a, a one piece would be awesome but potentially multiple between the trade and buyout markets to just have better depth from a defensive standpoint that that's if, if they can do that and you ask me again in a week I might already flip my answer to absolutely yes
1: exactly right it's it's about getting better defense without sacrificing offense and finding that those pieces it's it's pretty tough there's not a lot of options out there with, with how limited they are but I think there, there are some guys that can just help just in terms of just being playoff rotation guys to, to come in and, and, you know, I, I hate to keep saying it, but just this burn six fouls, you, you just need more bodies and there's going to be injuries and you just don't know what's going to pop up. And, and just over the course of the regular season, it's a lot different of an outlook than it is over a seven game series, because you're making so many in, in series adjustments. And I think that's one thing that Vogel and this, this coaching staff, like you, you ask me if they're a title contender. I think a lot of it hinges on what they do, uh, within those playoff matchups, defensively, because that, that's where they can win a championship. If they make the right adjustments defensively, and uh, they in their particular matchups, I, I'm confident. I have a lot of confidence in this offense. Like I don't think, in, in a half court setting in the playoffs, like that they're built to destroy just about any defense they face. I think uh, when they're clicking on all c- cylinders, we've seen flashes of it and it's starting to get a little more consistent at this point. So I think if you can find a way to junk it up a little bit on the defensive side and really take teams out of their comfort zone offensively. Uh, kind of like what we saw the Dallas prime example of what Jason Kidd did against the Suns, uh, a team that was much better than them during the regular season, had arguably more talent, but they, they really won because of coaching and, and adjustments they, they made, and they had the best player in the series. And I think the Suns have three guys that could be the best player in the series potentially. Uh, so it's I think coaching is kind of an underrated – thing to look at in terms of we look at the personnel so much, but what adjustments are they going to make in the playoffs and what pieces are they going to have to do with that? Because if you don't have the pieces, then you can't really do much with it. So finding that right combination of, you know, acquiring, whether it's, like you said, one or two guys and implementing the the right strategies to, to, to win games in the playoffs. That's, that's what it comes down to for me.
0: So next let's talk about if there is some level of, Offense is just going to be this team's best defense, and maybe leaning into that, not more, but finding more stability one through eight or nine, just on offense. How far can that take this team? We'll get there next First, today's show brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. Found out my wife has to uh, have some work obligations the day of the Super Bowl, so I will be alone. I don't know if that's good or bad. Maybe the you know familial supervision, I will be with like my parents and siblings, so maybe that helps. But uh, I know that there will be too many children at my Super Bowl party getting in the way of the snacks, getting in the way of the Super Bowl Squares game. They all won all the gift cards we did last year, and uh, that can be enough to make anybody grumpy. But what I can do is I can go find that spot on the couch Pop open Fanduel and be in control of my own destiny. Fanduel has so many ways for you to end the season with the W or two or three. I am looking right now at some of the prop bets over at Fanduel, and I always love anytime touchdown scorer bets because usually only one or two guys will have minus odds, and then you can find a pretty good value on somebody. And I'm looking no further than the most famous man in the game, Travis Kelsey, plus 100. It's not like you're going to win, you know, four times your money on that, but plus odds on a guy that we've all been paying attention to, I think has scored in every playoff game. Give it to me. FanDuel.com slash locked on. New customers who join right now get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. So maybe even throw something on a big minus odds there to get started, get those bonus bets, and then go to work, whatever you want to do. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And we're back. Let's get into some options here. So let's start with Miles Bridges. Brandon, that seems to be the guy that people are circling the most. And there will be a lot of ripple effects of if that move happens. Obviously, plenty off the court. Obviously, plenty of fans who have expressed their frustration with the idea of that. There's salary cap ramifications. Can they or can't they resign him? How much do they have to give up? There's plenty of time to get into that if it happens, if it doesn't happen, whatever. The case that I made about Bridges, though, Brandon, is similar to what you were just kind of saying on the other side of the break just before we went into it, is to me, he is sort of a better Eric Gordon. And by that, I mean somebody who helps you much more on offense than defense. Yes, he makes you a bigger team and that can have some value, but I've never watched Miles Bridges even dating back to Michigan State and thought, wow, what a stopper. You know that's just not ever been how he's played. It's not really what his role has ever been, so you get him to be better on offense, much more than to be better on defense. I wonder if you have any thoughts on what that tells us about this team because that seems to be their number one target, and as much as you and I sort of seem to be somewhere on the same page that the defense should be the priority, that doesn't signal that defense is their priority right now
1: yeah no it's it's an interesting. I guess uh way to look at it because i i do think he could help defensively in in some to some extent in terms of like if you're looking at their other options right like his athleticism and i think in a role where he's if you if you get him to completely buy in a hundred percent and he and he's more focused on being that that glue guy then i could see a world where maybe more of that energy is expended defensively and they do lack a lot of athleticism and size like you said like like their best lineups offensively are pretty small so i think there's that side of it just playing devil's advocate like where i think the size could help and athleticism and the quick quick twitch i mean i don't even think that's devil's advocate
0: though i think what you're saying sounds like probably how they're thinking about it right but i guess the question is like do you think because this is the other part right if it's him Mm -hmm. you're already asking vogel to one, even if everybody, let's say Booker, Beal, and Durant had 82 healthy games. Didn't happen, but even that would have been a pretty incredible coaching task to get them all championship caliber in 82 games. Even in one season, that's rare for a team to come together that Mm -hmm. fast. Now Beal did miss all that time, so they really had like 60 games to get it figured out. And then you're going to bring in this huge wild card with, whether you care about them or not, a bunch of off-court distractions that are going to come from it, at least in the short term, right around the time you acquire him. And you're going to have to say, hey, guy, you're going to play a role you've absolutely never played in your life to win a championship for a bunch of teammates you didn't know until a week ago. Go to work, do it, buy it in. Is- like That's a, that's a lot to, to, to assume will just happen to me.
1: It is tough, and I, I agree. That's, that's kind of the main drawback as far as like the on-court stuff is like how do you implement someone that's going to have that much of an impact to a team that's still trying to figure out who the hell they are like it's it's a really tough juggling act that they're gonna have to figure out quick if they do uh pull the trigger on that and I think uh it's it's definitely gonna add to some more growing pains maybe uh I think for him specifically because like you said it's a role he's never really played And he still wants to get paid, right? Like he's
0: looking at the summer and thinking, I don't get paid for playing 12 minutes, getting a couple steals and knocking down some open threes. I get paid if I put up numbers. Mm. And that's how he's been playing in Charlotte this year is scoring more than he ever has, taking jumpers all the time, doing kind of whatever.
1: Yeah, and maybe from his point of view, just trying to, if he shows he can buy into a role where he's making more of a winning plays and sacrificing and he's already shown he can get those, empty stats or whatever. I don't really like to use that because it's just playing on a bad team and an expanded role. Let's just say that. Yeah, like it's he's not his fault that, they're so bad, so maybe, but
0: he's playing differently
1: because yeah, of it. Right. Yeah, exactly. So if, if he comes on to the Suns and is impactful and helps him win a championship by doing the stuff that maybe he's not really known for as much then that, I don't think that'll hurt him in the open market. I think more of his off court stuff and the PR hit is probably what's holding him back more than anything at this point. Just, but if he can go and, and help give him a boost offensively and add, I th- like I said, just the size and athleticism, that's just something the Suns don't have. And it, there's not really many options that that make a ton of sense that uh, on both sides of the ball. So I think I kind of I get it from that point of view as far as trying to find a guy that can come in and help and add some flash and maybe a little bit of uh, life to a team that relies so heavily on the mid range and like they don't have a ton of dudes that are going to throw like try to throw down every single dunk possible. Uh, Grayson Allen's kind of one of them. Drew Eubanks, I guess, too, but uh, uh, they just don't have a ton of guys that are going to try to attack at the rim like yeah. like he would. And I think that quick twitch, just grabbing those re- offensive rebounds, c- generating new possessions, that's what I think they're looking at more so than him coming in and being some defensive stopper. So I think they're probably try- trying to focus on getting him and then also hey can we go get a Royce O'Neal can we go get someone uh, Torrey Craig for the the 12th time I I don't know I don't know what they're thinking but it it could be a package deal where they're going to try to get him to do one thing and someone else to focus on on the defense but
0: gotta say uh I I will take a W I I don't think Torrey Craig's done much in Chicago this year I know he was hurt in and out of the lineup um would rather have him right now than some of these young forwards who can't even play minutes uh So still confusing why they let him go. But when in doubt, press the Tory Craig button, James Jones. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully not him. But like, look, I think so. Your point, right, I think is a part that I maybe didn't put as much stock into. Like I talked about it, Bridges on the show yesterday. I've talked about him a long time ago when the thing first came up more as the off-court stuff. There's an obvious argument that is impossible to refute that just getting somebody as talented as him to add one more playable guy to your rotation would go a super long way. And I think that, I mean, it's like, yeah, duh. So, you know, if they get him, as far as the off-court fit goes, I'm not going to sit there and act like they got worse or that it was stupid. But I think one of the things I said, as we can transition into the last segment here, when I went through a little bit ago, and we can go through some of the names too that you just mentioned, that show I did a month ago of how can they get there, one of the things I said is they need to be ready to lose trades, right? To give up maybe Nasir Little, who I think still has promise. I'm not sure why he hasn't gotten back into the rotation at all since getting healthy. Um, I think other teams could value him. He's under contract for a while. And more second-round picks than you maybe think you should give up to get somebody who just happens to be a better fit. And when I think of better fit, I do think of the defensive end. So we can get into what the other names are if they fit that mold. And maybe you could do that and Bridges or some other buyout option and maybe start to form a full rotation here rather than just putting all your hopes on, again, this guy to be everything for you. So we'll get into that after Mm -hmm. one more break. First, today's show brought to you by BetterHelp, who are bringing... Therapy straight to you. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest, big or small. Certain things can really start to get to you. It's important to let that out, especially to someone who's unbiased on your life, not somebody you know, not a friend or family member, but somebody who can just sit there, listen, talk, and everything else. Today, Let's talk about how maybe we are all feeling. Uh, you know, it might sound like a stretch. I get it, but we're diehard fans of sports. We're diehard fans of teams, of all the teams here locally. Maybe you're like me and uh, you just got tired and wanted to switch baseball teams right before they made the World Series. You never know. And it again, it might sound like a stretch, but I don't think it is that these things can also lead to maybe an unhealthy relationship or a lot of time being spent on one thing. The point is... Going to therapy does not always have to be something traumatic. It doesn't always have to be, this happened, so then I went and did this. It can just be, it's different for everybody, but it can be something uh, to just talk, to just be heard, to just voice your concerns or much bigger problems than your favorite sports team or anything else that you want to get off your chest and have somebody with a helping here. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online it's designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H E L P.com slash locked NBA. All right, let's close it out, Brandon. So, which of the other options, aside from bridges, excites you the most? Because I think people listening know some of the names that have continued to linger, although I'm backing off of DeLon Wright a little bit after watching what he looked like uh, against the Wizards on Sunday. Um, people know what I, who I may be gravitating toward, but who are you excited about as a potential, maybe a backup plan to Bridges or somebody they could get on top of getting Bridges. Where's your head at?
1: So let me preface with this. Excitement is a relative term. I'm These are names I'm excited about in terms of just being realistic here. So Obviously, I think Bridges is like the name that makes them uh, gives them the highest ceiling in terms of any potential move they, they could make just under their current cap limitations and everything like that. But I think uh, another wing that kind of I've seen kind of mixed reviews. It seems like some uh, some lean towards acquiring them, Some are kind of off. But I think it's uh, Royce O'Neal from Brooklyn, and I, I get it. It's not the sexiest name. It's not someone's going to come in and really change uh, the the entire dynamic of the team but I think that's kind of the point right you're just getting a guy that will come in and serve his role without changing much of what they're doing and do what he does better than those back-end guys on the roster so to me like I I don't look at what he's doing in Brooklyn right now I don't care it's 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 essentially irrelevant to me we kind of know the type of player he is and how he what I look at is like how is he going to fit next to the three stars how is he going to fit next to uh, you know, just how is he going to play in a secondary playmaking role? Which I think he has a little bit more of that than people think. Like he can, he's not a playmaker by any means, but he's not a ball stopper either. And he can, he can dribble, he can pass, and he can shoot. Uh, he's not a scorer. He's not going to do much offensively. But he's he's just a guy that you can throw in for ten to fifteen minutes in the playoffs, and uh, you kind of know what you're going to get. Where they have a team filled with guys, they don't have a lot of those. So that's that's one name. Uh, I know it's not. A, extremely great ringing endorsement but it it is something they need and whether that's with bridges or without him
0: the way i would look at it with him that i've been maybe having to check myself with is it's like those little glimpses when maybe early in the season it was nasir little maybe second third month of the season chamezi met maybe recently if you're me K debates Top, although obviously I'm I'm reasonable. He's not going to be life-changing. But those little flashes where you think, "Wow, they're fun, like just do that more." You're just trying to find guys who do that for 15 minutes, right? Those little times when we're all excited, just do that for 15 minutes rather than for 30 seconds like we normally see it with the guys that they currently have, and you're talking about a playable rotation guy in the playoffs. And I think Rosanil yeah. could absolutely be that. I mean, like you said with his playmaking, he's averaged 3-4 assists both years in Brooklyn. We know he's played with KD, as everybody likes to point out when he comes up. Yeah. Um, I would say, how well did that work out for you to Watanabe? Different conversation. But look, yeah, like he's, he's been in playoff battles. He's, he has a 6'9 wingspan, even though he's a little shorter than you would think at 6'4". I think he'd be, think he'd be great
1: i've been wondering I've, hang on I've, I've seen him listed sorry to cut you off. i've seen the like i need to do like a espn 30 for 30 on this because i've seen him listed at six 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 four six five like there's mm. it, it just depends what site you go to and it's that's something that keeps popping up so we need to figure we need to get to the bottom of this uh i will look but up I, the yeah, all I, the
0: nba draft measurements are on nba.com i don't know if he I, was I know at like the espn
1: uh, he's Six six, I think Basketball Reference. He's like six four. It's just uh, I, I was I was found this just doing like researching an article for him, and I was kind of like, what's going on here? Like this doesn't add up. But
0: does not look uh, like he was at the combine in 2017 because he was uh, such a see undrafted late late second round pick something like that. So he did not.
1: Yeah, out of Baylor. Yeah, he did yeah. not
0: register his his measurements. So maybe the world may never know. But
1: adds to the mystery.
0: I've been wondering this about them. You know, Eubanks is playing better lately. Bol, Bol has established himself as somebody who can play. I think, you know, we'll see if, if it continues, if he can stay healthy, how does he look in the playoffs, matchups-wise, everything, you know, not a lock, but a guy. Yeah. Do they still need a big? Do we think that in order yes. to get through playoff rounds, they add, like, n- if, if they don't get one either on trade or buyout, like it's a failure to you, is it that level?
1: I think so. I think they absolutely need another big, I, I don't trust Drew Eubanks in a playoff series. I think they need another body down low. And Andre Drummond's a name that's popped up. I think it makes a lot of sense. There's some series he will not play. There's some games he won't play, and that's totally fine. You just need, I think they need that flexibility. Like we, the the one thing you don't want to do is the same thing we, I feel like we do every year with the Suns is like, if only we made this trade for this player just as a depth, or it, it feels like it just happens every year. I think, I'm not saying Drummond's the answer to their prayers. But I think there's going to be moments where if, if, Nurkic is injured or if, you know, foul trouble hits or there's, they're playing a team that's big and they, they need size and rebounding. He could be very useful for a team that could, I think, especially playing like alongside all these stars, just rim running and just, you know, grabbing every, everything near the rim. Uh, he, he's an excellent rebounder and a playable rotation piece. And again, it goes back to the whole thing where they just need as many of those as they can get. So, yeah I think they need a big if they don't get one I'm not going to sit here and say it's a complete failure because they could still make other moves but I think it's something that could come back come back to bite them uh come playoff time absolutely
0: I mean even for the simple reason of you know you have to go through Jokic the Clippers are now a big team somehow Uh, they just became that obviously the Wolves are clearly a very big team and You just can't afford it's one thing to say, like, how much do you trust Drew Eubanks in twelve minutes? And we can all disagree or agree on that. But what happens when it has to become 30 because Eubank because Nurkic gets four fouls in the first, you know, ten minutes he's on the court? Now you're just forfeiting a game, really. Like it gets it gets that bleak pretty quick. So I think they need somebody, but at the same time, like every seems like every summer all these NBA teams just ignore backup center and then it gets to February and everybody needs one and wants one. That's why you see guys like Hartenstein and Plumley and stuff getting actual paydays as backup bigs because teams, I think some teams are realizing like, Hey, that actually matters. So I don't know what'll happen. You know, um, it seems like it might be Drummond Richards or Bust. Like I don't really know who a third name on that list even necessarily is that that's actually available from what we've heard. And, I don't know who's available, so uh, you know we'll see. But I don't think there's any. I know some fans still do, but I think it would be a waste of of assets, a waste of energy to pursue any more ball handling, unless it happens to come like an O'Neal guy. Where okay, yeah, he can do that too, but that's not why you're getting him. But the idea of like a guard, playmaker, point guard, whatever, to me, like. I think we've seen enough to know they don't need that.
1: Yeah, I think unless someone falls into your lap that's like a buyout and it just the stars align and it works out financially, then sure. But should it should it be at the top of their list? No, I think they have more pressing needs. They need defense. They need size. Uh, they need, you know, just physicality in general. So I think, uh, yeah, if, if someone falls to them, sure, but it's not something I think that, they, like you said, that they should waste assets on or make their priority. And I think a lot of people were on that train early on. Now that everyone kind of sees what the big three looks like and at full strength and how the offense can click without that. Uh, Yes, it makes it pretty dependent on Booker to uh, kind of be the engine of the offense. But I think it's a lot easier when you have two guys like Beal and Durant around you. So I I think, yeah, there's there's definitely some other options that they should prioritize.
0: I'll just echo one more thing before we wrap here that you said at the beginning on – On the defense. And it could, it should happen whether they get some of these players we've been talking about. Like I'll throw Jay Sean Tate out there again. Jake Fisher has continued to mention the Suns pursuing him. That would be another step below even like a Royce O'Neill. But again, somebody who I just think fit wise could give you 10 good minutes and and you wouldn't have to worry Um, no matter who they get. What you said about like the junking it up and the more creative defensive schemes and some of the coaching. Cause it's not just about who they get. Like this team is still gelling. I would expect and hope that there is still a level they could get to if they didn't get anybody at the deadline, they should still get better because we're still seeing it all come into place here. But that's been something during this stretch where the big three has gotten integrated together that we really have not seen much of at all that we were seeing like that wolves game uh, that they blew out Minnesota at home or the thunder game, even some of that stretch like in November They were playing a lot of weird zones and boxing ones and using KD in interesting ways and kind of trying to insulate Nurkic and all this stuff. I don't know if it's just been like, let's focus on one thing at a time, but that's something I definitely want to see because I agree with you. That's kind of a no brainer. They're going to have to get funky with stuff because their talent. I mean, Frank Vogel said it at media day. They're at a talent disadvantage on defense. That's not going to change on Thursday from one trade. So I hope we see the Vogel playbook get opened up on defense down this stretch run no matter what happens this week.
1: Yeah, and I think it will. I think the there's also a chance they could be trying to hide as much of that as they can without giving away too much. Uh, I, I do think they're, tr- they're still trying to win games at the same time, so it's not like – you know, I think some fans take that a little too serious, like, oh, they're hiding, so they're not doing anything like, – they're still good. They're still trying to win. They're still doing their schemes, but I think there's there's some stuff they could d- definitely pull up their sleeve, uh, come playoff time to to throw their opponents off, especially when they play against teams that they could potentially match up with in the the first round of the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, I think Vogel definitely and that entire staff. Like they're they're paying them pretty well, so they they better figure some stuff out come playoff times. It's it's a pretty stacked staff. A lot of smart people. A lot of basketball geniuses. So. Uh, I actually, I really do trust them. I think if, if they can make some moves uh, to help give on the personnel side, that they, they can make it a little more interesting on the, the defensive side. They're not going to be a defensive stopper or a team by any stretch, but I think they could do enough to win games with how deadly that offense can be. Let's
0: go, David Fisdale. Get it together. Come up with a game plan. <laughs> Let's go, Miles Simon. What have you been doing this year? Get the defense together. That's, uh, that's our charge, no matter what the deadline brings. All right, that'll wrap us up for the day. <laughs> More to come. There will be trades, and I'll break them down from a Sun standpoint. I'll break down all the latest rumors and more as well. Keep it right here. Follow, subscribe wherever you are. Talk to you tomorrow.